It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you we could be entering dangerous territory. Welcome in. We are live here on this Tuesday. Appreciate you guys starting this rainy day here in Atlanta with me. And thank you so much for being part of Locked On Sports Atlanta and our big subscriber base. Over 2,000 subscribers on YouTube right now and growing super fast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATO. Of course, you can follow me at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. We'll get to a recap of the Home Run Derby last night, a little preview of the All-Star Game tonight, all coming up. But we want to start today with SEC Media Days as they kicked off yesterday right here in Atlanta. And um, there was a certain thing that came out of yesterday's Media Days that could be a little bit alarming. By the way, this segment brought to you by our good friends at Dave. We'll tell you about that coming up here in just a few minutes. But Andy Staples of The Athletic uh, wrote a really interesting column today in reference to what Greg Greg Sankey uh, said yesterday. Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, gave his state of the SEC address on Monday. And a lot of what a college football playoff, you know, would look like in the future was brought up to him. And I just want to paraphrase and, and give some credit to Staples because I thought that he brought up some really lucid points. Right. And those points simply are that, you know, the SEC and Greg Sankey sort of feel like, hey, we gave you a chance before. Now you're too late and we're going to do what we want to do. I mean, Sankey, uh, if you go back in history, along with Notre Dame, uh, A.D. Jack Swarbrick and and, uh, Bill Bowlesby, former Big 12 commissioner, you know, they were all about creating an expanded playoff a 16 playoff or a 12 team playoff, some with automatic qualifiers, some without automatic qualifiers. Well, that was all last year and all those conversations were going on. And then all of a sudden the game changed a little bit. The game changed because Oklahoma and Texas left the big 12 to come to the sec and UCS USC and UCLA left the PAC 12 to come to the big 10. So now what you have manifestly is these two super, super conferences that are out there and everybody else is playing catch up. Now, in the eyes of most people, legitimately, if you have two super conferences, it's easy to acknowledge a playoff as the way to crown a champion, even if it's, again, NFC, AFC, right? Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Like you just, whatever is underneath that umbrella, you'll be able to crown a champion From one side of the ledger and the other side of the ledger, they play each other, and that's the grand champion kind of deal. So with the two super conferences right now, I don't think anybody really acknowledges whether it's continually going to be an SEC opponent versus a Big Ten opponent um, playing for the national title in the next couple of years. What I do think is that the rest of the conferences have to figure out a way to remain relevant, and now the SEC and Big Ten no longer have reasons to play in that game, right? Like they they don't have to help out the other conferences. And and I think Sankey and Andy Staples points this out was alluding to that yesterday that it was kind of like, well, you had your chance. 
we were willing to work with you. We wanted an expanded playoff. We were looking for, you know, ways to do all these things. And you guys didn't act and nothing happened. And guess what? Now we're in a spot where uh, we have all the, all, all the, all the leverage that we as in the SEC and the Big Ten, and you guys have nothing. And so we'll call the shots now since you didn't take part in doing it before. So this could change the landscape of college football going forward. I still think college football can, quote, be uh, saved, as they say. Um, and, and as much as I'm against an expanded playoff, I know what's coming. But um, there's a couple of different discussions as to how that will go. I'll tell you about that in a minute. You know, we've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we were a little tight on cash. Maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank or you've got to save another save the date and wondering how you're going to afford a gift. That's where Dave can help. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. So whether it's that car expense that popped up, you know, you need a new set of brakes or whatever, new tires or anything that we just talked about. Dave is the way to go. It's the banking app that help him can get you $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, wedding gift, catch up on bills, whatever it may be. Finally, tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief when they need extra cash. So if you're at a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of a helping hand and the future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now, the D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. So how does college football go forward from here? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that unless the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC can get their you-know-what together, all the power is held by two conferences, and they're going to have to follow. Uh, and that's why there's such a scramble right now. And even the Pac-12 is saying, hey, we're open for business. It's not even like, hey, don't call us, we'll call you. We extend the invitations. You don't. They are flat out saying, we're open to anything right now. Anything to help make us as relevant as the other conferences are. So, uh, and I know they've grabbed some of the lower group of five schools, Houston, uh, a couple other ones, I think Memphis and UCF, I'm trying to remember them all, but that really doesn't stir the drink the way it should. You know, a couple of weeks ago, and I gave you the, the deal on how to combine the ACC and the Pac-12 and what's left of it and, and uh, put together another super conference. I think that bears some, uh, some reality that could happen down the road. But still, as far as the college football playoff is concerned, you know, they don't have a format past 2025. They don't have a TV deal either. And so we have to figure out, they have to figure out what the rest of the college football landscape is going to look like and uh, what an expanded playoff is going to look like. I'll say it again. I am anti an expanded playoff. I'm fine with 14s. I don't think you need to change it. I think it's pretty close to damn near perfect the way it is right now. That said, I understand why we would get an expanded playoff simply because of the money involved and the TV deals and everything else. Uh, and, you know, Sankey had large ambitions on a playoff. More than six teams, 12 teams with with only four automatic bids uh, from conference champions or six automatic bids. It was from conference champions, six at-large bids. But, you know, Sankey is all about at-large bids right now because he wants as many schools from his conference to go to the playoff as possible. Hand out as many at-large bids as you can. You'll get five or six teams in the college football playoff from the SEC 
pretty much every year if you're going to 12 teams. So uh, that's that's all in his favor. But SEC Media Days will continue to evolve. We'll see more about how they're going to uh, unravel this thing and, and sort of untie this huge knot and get it all fixed. Uh, and and it'll be I'll, I'll be anticipating um, to hear from the commissioners, the rest of the commissioners and their thoughts coming up uh, throughout the rest of this week. All right, coming up next, uh, if you thought this was going to fix our guy, didn't look like it. That's coming up next right here on ABC on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Be right back. Welcome back into A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Of course, thank you guys so much for being part of our network here. As I mentioned earlier, growing over 2,000 subscribers already in YouTube in just a few short months. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Share the stories. Tell a friend. Get everybody to subscribe. Give us that big thumbs up. Check out all the shows right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, whether it's A to Z, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones. Don't forget about our Braves postcast that we'll pick right back up once the second half starts. And, of course, Locked On Falcons and Locked On Hawks. This segment brought to you by our good friends at BetOnline.net. Okay, uh, the home run derby last night. Uh, I, I will say this much. If you follow me on Twitter, at Mark Zeno, uh, I got one thing right yesterday, called it that Albert Pujols would win his first-round matchup against Kyle Schwarber, and he did. Cash ticket, cha-ching, very nice. So uh, we are happy about that. I kind of thought Corey Seager was going to win this thing. In reality, I think he would have won the thing had Julio Rodriguez not had an amazing first-round of home runs. He had 32 bombs in the first round, which is insanely high. I think uh, it was uh, Seager hit 26, 24, whatever it was. It was like some insane. It was, it was a round that was good enough to get Seager out of the first round, but it just wasn't as good as the guy he went up against. So um, yeah, uh, it is what it is. Juan Soto ends up winning the thing. Pete Alonso denied the three Pete. In fact, Pete Alonso probably should have lost in the first round to Ronald Acuna Jr. Alonzo did not have a good first round, not typically what we've seen from him. He struggled, uh, but Acuna struggled more. And for those of us who thought maybe the home run derby was going to fix his swing and he was going to find his groove, eh, didn't look like it last night. He didn't look comfortable at all. He certainly didn't look like he had that home run stroke. Um, you know, it, he he just didn't have it. Uh, and and, and that, it's not saying it, it's easy to have it because it's not. But you know, I, I think some of us uh, who are hopeful for the Braves were hoping that we would have got a better showing from Ronald Acuna in the Derby because, well, <clears throat> it's better to, uh, excuse me, it's better to have good feelings leaving the home run Derby than eh, you're hitting 18 home runs and didn't get out of that. That's, uh, that's not kind of what you wanted out of the whole thing. And Acuna may do the Derby again down the road, and he may eventually win the thing because he's, he's the guy who can, can get hot the most. Right. Like it's one of those things where uh, when you look at home run derby winners, they don't always come when they're early on in their career. He just may never do it again because he doesn't have to do it again. Uh, but let's hope he can get right. Let's hope that the, the time off will will certainly um, give him a, a chance to sort of refocus. And I assume he's going to bat first. I haven't seen the starting lineup yet, but I assume he's going to bat first for the NL. Um, he'll be leading off in the top of the first. It'll be Acuna at the top of the lineup. and. Um, you know, hell, uh, Snit may let him get one at bat, play one inning in the field, and then get him the heck out of there. Um, I, that's what I would do with all of my Braves players. If I was Snitker, I'd get them in the game early, get him an inning, get him in at bat, and get him the hell out. Because there's no reason to keep him there whatsoever. Let him go enjoy their all-star break. They're going to have a Wednesday off, Thursday off, and they'll, they'll resume baseball 
uh, on Friday uh, when they come back. So uh, I, I think Snit will try to be favorable to his players as much as possible. Um, and as far as the game tonight, um, you have the American League and the National League, and uh, the uh, American League is actually favored um, in the game, but not by a big margin. It's pretty close. Um, they're minus one and a half on the run line, My, and the NL is minus 110 on the money line, which means they are a slight favorite on the money line over uh, the American League, which is minus 106. It's basically even money. So you're going to get Clayton Kershaw starting for the National League against Shane McClanahan. Um, let's see what kind of game we get. I, I, you know, sometimes I watch the all-star game. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I care. Sometimes I don't, let's just see how I feel, uh, tonight. If there's going to be nothing else on TV, so it's not really going to matter, but I certainly, um, will probably peek in at some point in time. Uh, one other note about the all-star game that I think is going to be super nauseating. And I'll tell you what that is here in just a second. First, a word from our friends on betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, I was a little bit nauseated by this last night when it came to uh, the All-Star game. And uh, I feel like it's going to be even worse tonight when you have announcers who aren't trying to get home run balls or give home run calls every six seconds as they fly out of the yard. Um the Freddie Freeman brave storyline is kind of getting tired very fast. And I kind of wish it would go away. Uh, I wish Freddie Freeman was able to, and I understand he's not able to during the season, but I wish he would just come out and end this whole thing and, and, and accept responsibility as to why he's not in a Braves uniform. I'm sorry. You're not going to convince me it's anybody else's fault, but his, it's a really simple conversation with your agent. I don't want to be anywhere, but Atlanta End sentence, go make it happen. Then it's the, the agent's job to go play shadow games, um, to, to negotiate, to say, well, we've got other offers here. We've got other offers there uh, and, and squeeze as much money out of the organization as possible. That's the agent's job. The player's job is to say, this is where I want to be. Because some players just say, I want the most money possible. I don't care. Some players say, I want as much money as I can get, but it's got to be one of these three teams. And other players say, I don't care how much you can get. I want to be here. Like, it's really, really simple. And the idea that any Braves fans wants to exonerate Freddie Freeman uh, and his role in this thing and, and make it not his fault, nah, it's all his fault. I, the more I talk about it, the more I'm convinced it's all his fault. And he needs to take responsibility for it. He made a decision. I guess emotionally he felt like it was the wrong decision. Get over it, bro. What can I tell you? Get over it. Um, it it's, it's on you. So I don't want to hear tonight. I want this thing to be oversaturated because I guarantee you it's going to be talked about. There'll be camera shots. As soon as Freeman stands next to Snitker in the dugout, boom, going to be cut to it. I wish there was a prop for that, right? I wish there was a prop for how much uh, we, we can have the Freddie Freeman, Brave Snitker storyline come up uh, in tonight's All-Star game because my guess is at least three times, at least three references to it. So uh, I, I wish it would die. I wish it would go away. And hopefully when it's all said and done after the season, Freddie will be able to address it 
uh, and and tell everybody what went on. I don't think he'll ever address it while he's still actively playing, uh, certainly not publicly, uh, because if he discloses how the negotiations went, who's going to want to represent him? And he may not need representation the rest of his career. That may be fine, but still, uh, no agent's going to like a player to tell the world how the sausage is made in that aspect. You don't want to give away an agent's secrets and hints and what they do. That's a, you know, that's like breaking bro code, man. Just don't do it. Get you in trouble. All right, coming up next, uh, a comment from an NBA superstar that may change the landscape of the league next season. That's next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Final segment of A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Want to get to some NBA news that I found interesting here in just a moment. But now time for Shovels of Wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, that's right. Every day we like to uh, pass out a Shovel of Wisdom to correct somebody, to get somebody straight for saying or doing something stupid. And today my shovel goes to Jeopardy fans. Maybe you know the game show Jeopardy? Uh... More controversy around Jeopardy in recent years than when Alex Trebek was there, but may he rest in peace. But nonetheless, um, there were people, fans of Jeopardy and contestants on the show, who apparently were upset, because it's 2022, we have to be upset about everything, about a sort of, let's just call it crude joke that might be aggressive from where I stand, um, more more satire or, or sarcasm or whatever you want to call it, kind of joke, but... Let's just say on the aggressive side, a crude joke. Well, Ken Jennings is now, Ken Jennings, the guy who won like, you know, $7.9 million of Jeopardy and won for like seven straight years, whatever it was. I don't know how long he was on the show, but as a contestant, but he was. Anyway, he's now the host. And uh, IMB Alec filled in for him previously, um, but he is back as the host on the show. And yesterday, during the Double Jeopardy round, a clue for active Bible verses came up. And I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I'm actually going to let you hear the answer. I'm going to read the question as if I was Ken Jennings. Then I'm going to let you hear the answer. Are you ready? Okay. Active Bible verses. Since no one had done this for 40 years, God told Joshua to get a knife and do this to male Israelites. Here's the live answer. What is circumcised? That's correct. A painful 2,000 for you. Okay. And the contestant made like this weird face. A painful 2,000. Yeah, okay. Last time I checked, circumcision's not fun. Not a party. Now, some people make it a party, but that's neither here nor there. Last time I checked, I got twin boys. Circumcision, not fun. Got one of my own. I remember it. It wasn't fun. Why are people so offended by everything? I can't understand this for the life of me. I, like, the joke was not that crude. It was not that off-putting. He made a, a, a wry, funny joke, uh, a painful 2000. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's if you, if you get kicked in the you-know-what, it's painful. Make a joke out of it. People laugh. Why do people like enjoy seeing people getting hit in the nuts? Because it's funny, but it's still painful. Lighten up, people. Lighten up. Really need to get over it now. It, it's, it's, it's getting bad. I'll, I'll say that. But I, I don't want to turn this into any, any sort of political thing. It's getting, it's getting pretty bad. Pretty bad. All right, before we get to the NBA, a word for my friends at Coffee AM. Oh, 
Atlanta's based small batch coffee roaster. That's just absolutely fantastic. Now part of my daily morning regimen. Guys, I got this box in the mail from them a couple of weeks ago. When I opened it up, man, the smell in my face like nothing else. I mean, if you like the smell of coffee, you like coffee. Imagine when you get this box, what it's going to smell like. Just go for like 10 minutes straight because that's what I did. Uh, you're talking about the freshest coffee you can get. Why? Because Coffee AM roasts and ships in the same day or very close to it. I mean, the quality, they only roast curry crop specialty grade coffee and coffees from around the world, guys. I've had one from Kenya, like Rainforest Coffee from Brazil, Sumatra, Organic Fair Trade, Direct Trade, Expertly Crafted Blends, Espressos and Flavored Coffees, Gourmet Teas, and a whole lot more. Coffee AM, roasted right here in your backyard. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today and take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout. To get 15% off your first order of coffee, teas, and gift sets, Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America, and it's right here in our own backyard. Okay, on to the NBA here. Because I saw a piece on ESPN.com that made me go, hmm, that's interesting. Mark Spears wrote this, and it was in reference to DeAndre Ayton, um, who all of a sudden is pivoted, I guess, um, to now happiness about Resigning with Phoenix Suns, a four-year deal worth $133 million. Um, and the quote from Aiton, as he told ESPN, was, this is a blessing. This contract not only has a generational impact for my family, but also with the way we were able to work with the Phoenix community and at home in the Bahamas. This, that is the things that we go by. I've come to understand this is a business, so I was more anxious to know the end result so I could focus more move on and just get back to work. I treat everything like a business, just be professional, approach everything with professionalism and not look to deep it. Close quote. Bottom line is that uh, Aiton doesn't need to go anywhere. It doesn't look like he wants to go anywhere. Um, you know, I, I think he, as he said, he wanted it. Go back to what we talked about Freddie Freeman last segment, right? This is a guy who clearly wanted to go after the money. Didn't necessarily need the same fit. He didn't care where he went. As he just said, I don't care where, it didn't matter. I just wanted to get a contract signed and focus and move on. Okay. And now, one, he's not going to be able to be traded until after January of next year anyway. So that, that doesn't matter. But again, this is one more piece on the chessboard here that is sort of locked in and limits what the Hawks can do when it comes to John Collins. And I think that is noteworthy. Uh, I think as every day passes by, the likelihood of Collins getting traded gets lower because I don't think the Hawks want to come down off their asking price. And I don't think the rest of the league sees Collins as that much of an impact player that they're willing to give up that much to get it. That's basically what it boils down to. Now, could the KD thing still flip the NBA on its side? Yeah, absolutely can. 100%. But um, we are also in a point where everything may just settle back into where it was. Outside of P.J. Tucker leaving the Heat, going to Philadelphia, uh, yeah. Not really any major sort of moves at this point in time that really uh, give the Hawks the necessary positioning that they need in the Eastern Conference. And I'll say this much. If John Collins stays, the one benefit is 
least the expectations went down. I think the expectations settle in at uh, make a six seed, don't be in the play. That's kind of the expectation. But you're not going to finish in the top three, not without something semi-miraculous happening. Uh, and uh, you're not going to be that much better than you were last year. Or I should say, there's no reason to believe at this point in time, you would be better than you were last year. Unless, of course, Trace Hudson won't be. That happens, you have a chance to be better than you were last year. But I don't give that high probability a chance. All right, that'll do it for us today here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you guys give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Follow the entire network at Locked On ATL. Back tomorrow with a Wednesday edition. You guys have a great day. Don't give me crap. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.